Hi, Ben, and uh, thanks for joining us. Cheers, Ash. Thanks for having me today. No worries, mate. Um, thanks for uh, coming on because I really wanted to talk to, your, uh, talk to yourself for quite a long time now about, um, well, being in schools because being at um, St. Peter's, St. Peter's is one of the probably leading schools in the world in positive education. And um, I just want to ask first how the school, because I know that you have been at the school for some 11 years now and pretty much you started at the right at the beginning of the POSED journey at the school. And I just wanted to hear a bit how, a bit about your background, first of all, um, of how you became a teacher. And then second part is um, how the school went about their positive education journey for the last 10 or 11 years. Yeah, and, and I think, yeah, the, the great thing is, is that we um, all come to teaching in various different capacities and across, you know, different journeys. And, and certainly for me, um, you know, it wasn't straightforward going into teaching, but I was the son of um, two teachers and always saw that as being an industry I'd like to go into. Uh, you always get encouraged to go off and try different things. And I went off and did a commerce degree. Uh, didn't feel that was going to be right for me. Uh, ended up coaching um, sport across you know, a number of schools and um, and that led me into teaching as well. So it was just the sort of connection to sport and the relationships that um, grew from there uh, that really directed me into, into teaching, which was great. So um, certainly uh, well-being in teaching and, and supporting young students, I think back to my schooling and, and the support I received from uh, a number of students, a number of teachers um, across my um, you know, schooling you know, helped me, uh, you know, sort of become the person I am, I guess, and and that's the really uh, nice aspect now that you can give back into that industry as well. So that's, I guess, a bit about, a bit about me um, in a nutshell. But um, there's plenty more that I, I won't bore everyone with today. So oh, that's um, great. The, funny, like you, when you just describe that, that's pretty much how I came into teaching as well. Like my dad was a teacher. Um, I started doing marketing at uni. Did not understand a thing, so I stopped that. And then I started doing coaching clinics at schools and thought, okay, what about being a PE teacher? So we very similar path there. That was um, very interesting to hear. Mate, um, yeah, yeah, it's a great thing to think. And then, then, you know, don't discount that we used to, you know, compete with each other on the football field back in the day, Ash. So, you know, the history's there. <laughs> we did, we did. And that was when we were about 11 or 12, 12 years of age, so quite a long time ago. That's it. And so you come full circle again, 30 years later. Mate, um, now, yeah, going back to the, the POSED journey at, at Saints, um, and can you tell us a bit about how it all started? Now, I know that there were some like, really big names that actually came and spent some time in the school. Could you just tell everyone about that, please? Yeah, and, and certainly, you know, at the time we had uh, the headmaster, Simon Murray, and, and Matthew White um, was, was here at Saints, and, and certainly their leadership in that area um, in the early days was, was fantastic to bring people like Martin Seligman um, to, to South Australia as part of the, the sort of thinker-in-residence program that we had um, in South Australia at the time, but um, certainly the, the benefit for us here at Saints was to have um, Martin and his family staying um, you know, with us at the school here, um, but also you know, his, his um, staff from the University of Pennsylvania training our, uh, our staff at Saints um, in, in wellbeing. Uh, and the different sort of strategies that can support 
um, our own well-being. That was the really interesting part around the, the training that we went through was really focused on um, each person that was there. It wasn't really about how to work on programs and, and how to bring, you know, that sort of lessons into classes. It was more about how to really build our own um, well-being practices in our everyday lives. And, mm. and that was that sort of starting point, um, which we were very fortunate with. And, and then we had a speaker series here at the school, the Littman Fellowship, um, and, and we're very fortunate to um, have a number of speakers from across the globe come and, and share uh, their research at the time, um, but also you know, to have speakers from across Australia, um, such as Lee Waters, um, come and, and share her work um, here at the Saints as well. And, and so you sort of saw that uh, grow over the first few years um, of the wellbeing program. And, and that was really the time um, I started at the school as well. So I was very fortunate to go through um, a number of the, the early staff training that um, had happened. And, and what was really interesting at the time is that we had you know, admin staff, we had teaching staff, we had ground staff, um, all involved in um, you know this this training that was happening at the school, which was it was great to see yeah. that, that whole school um, you know development there as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think it's um oh, for a start, it's unbelievable that you're able to get uh, or have Martin Seligman come out um, to Australia, but Adelaide and specifically to Saints and uh, spend time here. And for those who maybe not sure who Martin Seligman, Seligman is, he's been one of the, I guess labelled as one of the um, founders of the positive psychology movement and have the, I guess, that founding father, if you like, come to a school. That's pretty impressive. And I, I guess in reality, not everyone can actually have that because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would assume that would be that would have been a very costly exercise. Um, and I wonder if you can share with some of the things that uh, him and his team actually did to help. And you mentioned about it wasn't so much programs in the classroom and it was more around the teacher well-being to start with what, what was what were some of the things that they uh, martin and his team did um did teach yes and and that was where we we talked a lot about you know the, the sort of what went well um strategies like back in in the day there of you know writing down the good stuff hunting the good stuff yep um no easy things for us to then bring into our our own practice in our lives i talked about um, you know, sort of how we would respond in conversations. And so we had practice looking at um, different ways that people respond in, in conversations. And definitely that then led to obviously conversations people would have um, in staff and in classrooms with students. Um, and, and so that was, you know, really the, the basis of it was, you know, how we then could take other practices into our own lives in, you know, how we would, um, you know, search for things like gratitude, um, that we would have and how we would share that. And, and so this is really just the real basics around, you know, PERMA as well. So focused on looking at um, those, you know, positive emotions, looking at how we would be engaged in our activities across our lives um, and, and definitely those relationships that were so important and how we really worked on relationships with others um, there as well. So it, it, it was the sort of going back and, and really starting out with those um, strategies to help ourselves in our own lives, um, which were the really important aspects. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I love how the whole school was involved as well, not just the, the teaching staff, but a lot of ground staff. And I think it's really, really important thing because one of the things I've noticed is that, and 
um, Ben, you'd probably have seen this in various roles in other schools as well, is that quite often um, schools want to um, do a, a positive education program or, or see the, the benefit of it, but um, it's, it's not really done, I guess, as well as it could be. And I think one of the keys is to actually have all staff involved, start with the staff training. Um, yes, because yeah. if, if the staff, I guess, if you go back to their own staff well-being, if they're not at their, or um, at their, not necessarily their best, but if they're, I guess, below, um, I'm not sure what I'm, the right terminology here, but if they're not at their best um, more often than not, then obviously the students are going to um, see that as well and yeah, that'll yeah. impact the students. But if, if we can commit and teach the um, staff like wellbeing strategies for their own benefit, I think that's a, a great place to start. Then also train different ways that we can include uh, some activities and some lessons and some games in the classroom to help develop the students as well. I think that's a good progression um, to take. And I think one thing about um, this with teachers, I know we spoke about this off before we started, before before we started recording, is about the particularly even before COVID, the particularly in the first five years of teaching, the amount of teachers that do stop um, teaching and go into different areas. But even in COVID, in particular in the eastern states of Australia. Um, and to a certain extent in Adelaide as well, that there is a quite a high turnover of teachers. And I think it's, it's really important that we teach teachers the skills of how to handle different situations. But at the same time, teachers have actually, and this is just, I guess, anybody, we actually got to want to have those strategies in place. So yeah. for me, it comes down to self-awareness, like understanding that you, if you are having a bad day or um, if you're not going through the best time, it's up to you to take ownership of it and do something about it. And I think if we can teach um, teachers and people in general how they can actually improve their mood or, or get through situations, I think that's one of the things that we really need to focus on as, as a teaching profession and society is that it, it's really important to have those skills that we can call on. So it's about practice. I always compare it like learning a skill in a sport. So you, you might go to a, a PD or, or have some staff training um, at your school and we're practicing. So when you need to call on that learning and we've got those skills that we're having practicing, we can actually apply them. So yeah. I think it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing, but having students, I guess, building your toolkit to, okay, I'm not having the best day, but I know this works for me to put myself in a better mood. I think that's something that we can really um, work on across the whole school. And, and on that, um, Ben, when... What are some of those, I guess, key things that, or where, where do you, you think a school should start or if a school's starting out their pos ed journey or um, maybe they've been going for a little while but they want some new ideas? Um, yes, yeah. Because you're being like at Saints 11 years um, into the journey here, which is probably one of, the, one of the leading schools in the world in terms of the length of time of building a positive education program. How, how do you think it's evolved and also... Um, maybe some ideas about what schools can do to train their staff. And I know um, there's, there's and it doesn't have to be costly either. So I was just wondering if you could share some of those things. And certainly I think, you know, Ash, you've just summed up, you know, exactly, you know, what we look at around wellbeing practices and, and what we're looking at is how we can give the, the staff and the students that toolkit to, to help when they are in a time when when you know things are tough or things are are pretty challenging for them um and so that's really what we you know we want within our well-being program here at school is that things might be going well for you know a student at this point in time 
but what happens when they do start feeling some pressure around their academics or when you know friendships don't go well what what can they do as as that that toolkit um or how can that toolkit help them which is really interesting but um certainly for us it's a lot around the, the language um mm -hmm. and, and you know we looked at the character strengths early on um, were very, very, you know, we had a lot of focus um, in the, the work that we did across the school here about how we could embed character strengths um, and the language of character. Um, certainly the last couple of years, there's been a lot of work around emotion and understanding emotions. And it's something that we've continued to, to work on with our students here. And, um, you know, certainly, you know, research says that, 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 Boys and, and men are, are you know, challenged in how they can talk about their emotions and how they can find ways to manage their emotions. And so you know, that's really an important aspect around our programs that we, we have. And, and also, you know, we've had a couple of years now where relationships has been um, a really big focus for us as well. And, and COVID has really challenged that. Um, and, and that's been a real focus for us to say, how can we build the relationship capacity here for our students? Mm. How do we build the relationships for student to staff, um, staff to staff, and also across our community, um, you know, in, including all of our, um, you know, sort of key stakeholders we have across the, the school from parents to old scholars to, um, you know, junior school to senior school staff to, you know, other people from outside um, industry as well so it's a, a massive thing for you to continue to work with but um, there's so much that has developed in certainly the time that um, you know we've been involved in looking at these programs and actually we spoke about you know books that are there and, and looking forward to your your book coming out you know shortly and um, the, the podcasts that are there, the research work, the presentations that um, we have from, you know, speakers from all over the world um, within those areas. And there's, you know, some really important aspects there that can help um, with facilitating staff development um, and, and certainly their understanding of how they can support um, the students. And, and, you know, we've seen that here that some, you know, some people across our school um, that are, you know, really crucial in those relationships with students can be, you know, our, um, you, know, our you know, people at the front desk, the admin staff at the front desk that can um, really tell if, you know, boys are needing some support um, here at Saints or if there's a connection we need to make with, with parents there as well. So that's a, a really important aspect around, you know, giving that capacity to all of our staff. But certainly one size doesn't fit all um, with wellbeing strategies and, and where, you know, one person meditation and, and mindfulness practice might really connect with them, uh, but the person next to them might need to run 5Ks to, to be able to, um, you know, find their, their sort of zone where they can relax and, and have that time. So um, certainly looking at those aspects around PERMA and, and then um, we've focused more um, recently on the, the search framework uh, the visible wellbeing framework from Lee Waters. Um, and so that's, you know, really building that capacity of, of, of language and understanding how we can get those conversations started with relationships are really important. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think relationships are massive, aren't they? Like if, if we've got good relationships, like quite often life is good. And, and if we don't have good relationships, sometimes it does affect us and it, it can have a massive impact on, on, on our mental well-being so i think it's fantastic the school has a focus on that like with those um with relationships what programs do you have now is it 
I think you might do Dana Kerford's uh, friendology or yeah. you are strong. You're, you're strong. Yeah. Yep. So I guess you know I mentioned that that idea around our search framework. So I guess we we see that as being our our overarching framework, and then we have you know strengths, and we really focus on uh, the VIA character strengths and the twenty four character strengths boys understanding um, how they can use their character strengths for their the benefit um, and also spot their character strengths in others. And then um, we certainly, you know, with the relationship side of, of our search um, framework is to look at um, the You Are Strong program and, and um, Dana's um, work over that period of time, you know, where she's been building um, that program has been, you know, exceptional. And you sort of look at um, that now growing to the early years um, and also into the middle years. And mm. so you see that development in, in language um, coming right the way through. Um, and it's really important discussions around healthy relationships and unhealthy relationships. Um, and, and, you know, you, you I'm sure, um, can think back to those, you know, sort of friendships that we've had over that course of time where it probably wasn't the best um, relationship for us to be in and, and it probably wasn't that, you know, that things were working really well for everyone and we didn't have that equality within the relationship and respect that probably was there. And so um, the You Are Strong program certainly is one that we, we try to build that um, language of friendship um, for our, our students. And that really focuses on, you know, the friendship fires, the mean on purpose behaviour, um, which, you know, can be really that start of what can, you know, lead itself into those bullying, um, you know, sort of, you know, equations there as well, where, where, you know, children are really faced with some difficulties in relationships on a, a higher level. Um, but the You Are Strong program certainly gives us, you know, some language to help the boys and students here. I mean, you know, talk with boys, obviously being an all, all boys school here at Saints, mm. um, but give them that language to um, understand, you know, how to face those friendships when those challenges come in, in place. So it's that, again, it's that toolkit of um, friendships and, and, and hopefully it then builds that idea around empathy. It builds um, kindness and, and you know, real, you know, love and care for each other. And that's, um, you know, we, we link that back to our, our school prayer here at Saints where there's a, a line within the school prayer that says, um, we're, we're hoping to build the capacity of strength and love. So, you know, that's a really important aspect within our, our communities, I think, is to understand how we have that strength to a, approach challenging situations, uh, but also to approach those situations with the real love of um, other people and those relationships that we're in. So it's such an important capacity for us to continue to talk about. Mm, yeah, absolutely, man. And um, Dana, ha um, Dana has been a guest on this podcast before. So if you uh, want to find out a bit more about You Are Strong, um, you can listen to her uh, and myself have a conversation. But um, if you want to check out the resources, if you just Google you, the letter U R and the word strong, <laughs> she'll, she'll yeah. come up for sure with her, with her program. Hey, Ben, what does search stand for? So the search framework, so so S is, and, and again, the acronym there, so yep. S is for strengths, E is your emotional um, management and, and regulation, A is attention and awareness, yep. R is relationships, uh, C is looking at coping strategies, um, and H is looking at habits and goals. And so they're, they're really, you know, our focus across the school is to, to look at, you know, can we develop those positive habits um, for the, the students? So can we look at 
ways that they can have, you know, even maybe positive homework habits or reading habits that can, you know, sort of build their educational side? Um, can we look at ways that they can have the habit of, of writing in their diary each night, their three, what went well? So um, we have a, an online diary for our, our students here. And each day that the students have the ability to write down three what went wells within their diary, um, which is, you know, that, that real practice around, um, you know, looking and, and searching for that, that gratitude or hunting the good stuff um, in their day. So, you know, we've built that into our actual school diary, um, which is to try to continue to encourage um, the students there as well. But as I said, the emotional management side and emotional regulation side, um, you know, we, we look at programs like the zones of regulation um, and, and more recently some of the work around the mood meter, uh, which can also build that understanding of, of language around emotion so that um, we're not just having, you know, children that can say I'm happy, sad, mad, angry. Um, they can hopefully, you know, talk about when they've been, um, you know, sort of, you know, blessed, uh, when they might feel, um, you know, contemplative, um, you know, sort of, you know, try and develop their language further um, around emotions as well and see how um, they can, you know, be encouraged by that to use that language in their relationships and discussions with, with parents or with staff, with other students. That's a really um, important aspect of, of that work. Mm, yeah, that's brilliant, mate. And um, it's, it's such an important thing, I reckon, those building those, oh, it's called positive habits, but having those, giving the, for, for a start, giving the opportunity for young people to actually practice, that's the key. Because um, I think as they get up, as they, or, and I, I'm going back a step, I wish I learned these skills when I was younger, like about building these positive habits. So, yeah, it might be a bit of repetition, but it's such a powerful thing to, I guess, train our brains to focus on those good things that what went well on the day because, as you know, as humans, like we, I don't know, we might have five great things happen a day and one not so good, and we tend to get drawn to that one not so good. Negativity and, bias, yeah. yeah, absolutely, negativity bias. And um, it's, it's such a powerful thing to be able to train our brain to focus on the good things, but it does take practice. And there is research to suggest we can practice. So that's the, the great thing about all these skills we're talking about here, that they can be practiced in the same way we learn skills and practice skills in a sport. Like some build as well that, that you know there's there's parts there where um you know a, a, a student might write down they they really enjoyed their handball game at recess time now what we're now seeing is that the staff have the capacity to say okay who was involved in that handball game what were the emotions around it how are the feelings that were going on there for other people within the game and so it's looking further at just not saying okay here's the the event that was really good for me or the thing that went well mm. but these were the people that were involved and again that brings in that relationship um capacity there as well which is really lovely to see yeah that's brilliant it's a great idea to uh bring because yeah some and that also, I guess, if those people know that, that's a good thing for them as well, and that they've had a positive impact on somebody else's day or through through that yeah, event. Yeah, you highlight Brilliant. that, and, and that's the way you're, you know, you're hunting the good stuff in others as well. And, mm. and you know, when you see those you know those conversations happen where you know people get told of you 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 know you impacted on my day in a really positive way, and it really boosts them up and and makes them feel good further. So that's again that gratitude practice there for others, which is. Um, you know, a, a great thing to, to see. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, my next question I want to ask now, this is going to seem a bit funny because we've been talking about focusing on the positives, but <laughs> what 
what hasn't worked well um maybe you know your uh, in a world well-being program that you've seen maybe not necessarily a program but maybe i'm not sure if you might not even have an answer for this but is there anything that you look back on now over the last 10 11 years and think well maybe that didn't work so well or we could have done this better is there anything that stands out I think being really clear in in the framework that you're looking at and focused on, and, and certainly um, I know there was a, a post recently, I think it might have been uh, Pisa might have posted about all the different frameworks that are around and you look at um, there's PERMA and there's SEARCH and there's PROSPER and there's, you can, you know, there's, there's every acronym sort of under the yeah. sun. <laughs> so I had a, a, a wellbeing program and, and, um, and just being really clear in what you want to focus on, I think is the, the you know, important part. And I think, you know, there's even been challenges for us around, um, you know, sort of what path we want to take. Um, you know, PERMA developed the PERMA plus aspect there and there was yep. some great work out of SAMRI around that. Um, and, and so just really making sure that you, you know, it, you've got an acronym, yes, but, um, you know, what are the, the words that are, are based around that? So, you know, when I, I throw search out there, I guess I'm sort of, you know, doing the thing I, I dislike the most, which is just focusing on the, the acronym instead of actually saying it's strengths and emotional management and attention and awareness and relationships. You know, you, you want the, the language to come through so that the students don't just think it's, you know, it's all about PERMA or it's all about search. You know, they won't be able to, you know, if you, you continue to talk about PERMA, they won't be able to tell you that the P is positive emotions and the E is engagement. They'll, you know, be able to tell you PERMA, but it's actually making sure that they're, you're really clear on what the focus is um, mm. within the programs or the, the you know the framework that you're wanting to to build further yep. and the programs that can work within in that and and that's the the important part I guess is really making sure that um, you know staff are also aware of of the 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 programs that you have in place and and things that you can um, use within the classroom or embed within other lessons as well. And, and you know, the real challenge is, um, is always going to be when, when you have new staff come on board um, and, and how you're going to, to you know, make sure you've got some programs in place to help build that staff capacity or to understand um, you know, the, the knowledge that staff have within those areas because we're, I think we're you know, very blessed within the industry to have people that naturally have gone into teaching because they, you know, are there to support the well-being of the students, and and that's the the important aspect there to continue to give them that chance to to show that work that they understand naturally within the classroom. It's not all just focused on that academic performance and and outcomes. Mm, yeah, absolutely, man. You make a really good point about the using that acronym like the like the search for example because i've been in meetings before and people were talking about these acronyms i've got no idea what it means and i feel embarrassed because everyone else sort of like nodding their head maybe they feel the same <laughs> sometimes we um, i know what you're saying like we get we get in the habit because we know what it means but we actually forget to use that language as, as you said what that the, the words actually the letters actually mean um yeah. in in the acronym so and particularly for new teachers as well like don't assume and, and you often um, when you've just gone through the process of writing a book and they say, don't um, don't just use the acronym, you've got to use the full words because people just don't, you can't assume that people know. Yeah, um, yeah, but at, yeah, it, it's really important to um, use that language as Ben said. And I, I think um, 
you made a really good point and i reckon that's a great place to start or people can add to their well-being programs is choosing a framework yes there are a number of frameworks out there but once you commit to one then you can i guess um, work backwards or and then work out okay how do different programs set in whether you want to create resources internally or um find programs like you you are strong with relationships um i think you mentioned the uh mood the mood one what was that mood meter mood meter yep different ones and um, and zones of regulation zones of regulation yep and a lot of the students come um, with that knowledge that they've used, you know, some of those different aspects across uh, work they've done with, with you know, counsellors or psychologists outside. You might have um, students that, that have used that in previous schools as well. So you sort of build on the capacity that they already have. You know, when you see there's so many, um, you know, schools doing the, you know, great things around wellbeing now, um, you really, you know, sort of look at what works for um, the students as well and, and, and give them that capacity to build even more on that. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Mate. It's, um, yeah, I, I really think it's, um, it's a great, real, a really good model that um, you've created here at um, Saints, you and your team to um, put these, I guess, these different programs in place to cover, to cover what you really want to, like you want to focus on, because I think, um, so I was talking about this before. I think a lot of schools know the importance of well-being and positive education within their school, but one of the issues is that how do we do it? How do we actually apply it? And I think um, what you've just nailed on the head there, and I think it's a brilliant, brilliant example to follow. I'll just highlight it again. Yeah. Coming out with a framework and then working out what the program's best fit, and there are, is a lot out there. Yes, you might have to pay for some things, but there are a lot of free resources out there now, as you said, with different podcasts, um, different um, speeches that you can access, um, a lot of resources that you can um, or begin with anyway to get something up and, up and running. Giving people time as well to, to look into that or giving people time. I, know, I mentioned to you how we're very fortunate here that um, you know, I've, I've been given a, a staff meeting, a term where we can focus on wellbeing and, mm. and that can be... Um, focused on staff training that can be focused on staff well-being it can be focused on uh, building programs in place within the, the classroom and um, you know that's the, the really important aspect there um, I guess two sides of my role I also do the timetabling uh, and, and, and this year we have a lesson one on a Monday is a timetabled um, you know specific well-being lesson Brilliant. lesson um, seven on a Friday is also timetabled as being uh, with the class in the in a well-being capacity and so um, those explicit lessons when um, the, the staff can teach those skills um, within in those lessons is, is important as well as then having that chance to embed it across other lessons and they might have a, a literacy task where they might look at a, the character strengths of a, a novel um, you know character within mm. a novel they might have um, a history task where they're looking at some um, you know, sort of, you know, explorers and, and the character strengths that were involved with that, that as well, which is a really important aspect. So um, it's about, it, you know, embedding it across all different areas. And even, you know, when you take that onto the sports field and, um, you know, I've been, you know, so, so impressed by the, 
Um, you know, the teams that I've had here, I have a, a football team where we walk off the ground um, on a Saturday or we walk off uh, from a training session and the, the boys will come across and they'll fist bump or they'll you know, elbow bump or shake my hand and say, say thank you. And, you know, if we can, you know, work on building that, that grat gratitude capacity just in, in, you know, moments like that, I think back to, you know, the days when we were, you know, madly competing on the sports field to be able to then have that capacity to walk off and say thank you to the coaches and the staff around us and, mm. and the people who are supporting us. Um, you know, the parents that are there on the sideline every week, those sorts of things. I think that's where you see these programs develop even further when when it can be, um, you know, able to then flow into other areas like that, I think is a, a pretty impressive aspect. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And I know it's a bit of a different topic, but I think sport plays such a big role as well in developing these skills. So you've got, obviously, we learn, learn them in um, learn more. Excuse me. Like we can learn them in school, but then also, as you say, they can transfer. And I reckon sport is probably one of the most, the best places to learn, like skills about relationships and um, strengths as well, like of of each other and or your personal strengths as well. But it's such a good thing, sport. I think it plays such a vital role in our well-being. Yeah, you know, certainly, you know, certainly we can see instances where people get it so right on the sports field and then we see instances where they, they don't get it right. You know, yeah. that's, that's right through, um, you know, you know, being a, a spectator to being, you know, competing on the field to being a coach or a parent. That's the, you know, really important part is that it, it can be such a crucial, you know, aspect of well-being and, and you know, that's a probably a day for another conversation about how we can yeah. You know that, or how we can change that sort of hyper competitiveness, um, you know, so, and you know, build that into something different that can really show, um, you know, how you're going to build the well-being of of all the um, you know children playing you know, sport out there. So, uh, lots to continue to work with. Absolutely, mate. And what I loved about what you just said before about how you've allocated that time on a Monday morning and also a Friday afternoon, I think. That's one of the most important things, and that creates consistency across the school because I've seen it a lot in schools where um, schools are keen and they want to implement a program and they leave it up to the, the teachers to fit it in their already full timetable. Mm -hmm. But if the school can actually, and you have that role, mate, of timetabling, so you've got an advantage to sneak it in, but <laughs> if um, if a school doesn't have it in the timetable, it can be very patchy. So some teachers will do it really, really well and be consistent with it. Others would focus on every now and then um, and yeah. some won't do it at all and it creates yeah. quite an inconsistency across the school but when um, schools like yourself allocate time during the week in the timetable to do it then that's when the benefit is of actually keeping consistent and also for that long-term benefit because it's not a sprint when it comes to the well-being stuff it's a marathon it needs to be week after week year after year to really make it a part of who we are and it's um, such an important thing to have that in the timetable. Yeah, and when we give that sort of mentor time or that that form teacher time, you know, when you, you've got that chance where they can build their understanding of the, the students that they're working with, you know, we've, we've had some teachers sort of walk out and just say, look, you know, having that time has meant I've 
got to know my students better than I would have in the past and, mm. and you know, giving them that time to talk about what is happening for them outside of school, talk about the things that they're doing well with, talk about the challenges that they have had. And, and you know, if we can get um, the you know, children talking as much as we can and sharing um, with staff, with parents, um, you know, across the school with each other in, in buddy programs, that's the, the biggest challenge I think that we have is that, you know, just making sure that within those relationships we get we get students talking um, and, and sharing because then we know when things aren't going um, you know well or we know when things are going well and that's you know that's the important part for um, the students to make sure that they're they're having that capacity to share um, and, and get that support that might be needed mm, yeah absolutely mate and really appreciate your chat today Ben I've just got one more um, question about your own well-being now um i know that uh we spoke about it's important to train teachers and i think as you said like what works for well you gave the example of somebody might benefit from like a relaxation meditation then another student might benefit from a 5k run because we're all different um what what do you what's your well-being strategy what do you like to do to make sure that i guess you're at, at your best um as much as you possibly can be yeah, and, and I think I, I get it right in times, and yep. I, I, you know, certainly you know, struggle with it at times as well. And and I've I've tried journaling and and done the, the what went well myself over time, and and been able to build that that habit in you know various moments. And I think you know, there's sort of some go to practices. Um, a, a few years ago, I I started really looking into meditation and and yoga practice as well and and uh maybe you know a point in time when i i uh, grow up and and you know get to able to do something else i might you know become a yoga teacher and and do something there that might be a you know a future goal in life but uh certainly you know for me it's it's family and friends and and you know we've got a dog recently and taking the dog out for a walk um, you know, gardening is a really um, important aspect of, of, you know, just looking after my well-being. And um, I know at times I probably uh, work too hard and spend, you know, too much time, um, you know, making sure that, you know, things are on track with with work side of things that I, I need to, you know, sort of apologise to the family for, for yeah. that. And so, you know, so we, we do get it right at times and then at other times. But uh, certainly for me, um, you know, meditation and, and, and yoga practice and breathing techniques um, has been something that I've, I've definitely connected with in probably the, the last four or five years. That probably is the, you know, when I, I sat there and really thought about my own life and wellbeing practice um, across some of the training that we've had, um, certainly understanding a bit more about breath and, and breathing techniques was, was a really interesting part and, mm. and from there um, it's just looking at different ways to connect with people and, and with friends and, and with work colleagues and and that's I guess the you know building that relationship capacity and you know I love getting to know people and and building you know an understanding of um, you know the background that people have and and you know that's the very fortunate aspect of the roles that we're in and, and the worlds that we live in, that we do have so many people that come into our lives at various stages that we can learn from. And, and that's been um, you know, a really nice aspect of my time here at Saints and my time in education, I think, is the the people that you come across as well. So mm. I don't know, a bit of a long-winded aspect there, but there's, ah. there's a lot there that um, 
you know, we, we, you know, sort of at different times in our lives that we try and, and connect with. And, and certainly that's a, you know, important aspect for um, me and, and looking at, you know, family and, and spending time with, with family is probably my, my greatest um, aspect of, of wellbeing practice, I think, but, um, you know, finding time is always the challenge, isn't it there? <laughs> so. mm, yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, that's brilliant because I think you made some really important points there about you've gone through some stages where you did do the what went well um, and you might have kept a gratitude journal and things like that. But sometimes those practices can become a bit stale after a while. So I remember um, I did actually, this is a bit of a um, one that I did with students about six years ago. I did a little research project with the UniSA, University of South Australia, and uh, it was only a small one, but what a group of students had to do at home, that's write three things they were great for every day for six weeks. And when the time came back to um, a bit of an interview process and a, and a written feedback, a written evaluation, sorry, that yes. 100% of the kids said they found that activity boring. Yeah. So, and this is going back a few years ago, that was 2015, so seven years ago. And at the time it was a real big, and it still is like a really big push to, or um, not so much push, but uh, a strategy to improve yeah. your gratitude is to write, yeah, keep a gratitude journal. Um, yes. So that was actually a really interesting thing because over time, like it can get boring, like some of your strategies. So it's important to um, have, or find out what works for you as well. So for a while, that Premier Gratitude Journal did really work well for me to really start the habit, but then it did become a bit of a chore. It became a bit boring. Yeah, yeah um, I completely agree. Yeah. And and, so but it, for me, I think then I looked into, you know, sort of music and that connection yeah. with music. And, and certainly I'm, I'm not a musician at all, but I, you know, appreciate all different kinds of music. And so some parts of it just is sitting and, and listening to music or, you know, listening to others play um, mm. is another great aspect. But, um, you know, the journaling, I, I, you know, I really am impressed by the, the way that you spend that time writing, you know, your book and be able to do that as well, because even just journaling about what happened in my day and that connection with the day, I found it just wasn't for me. And so that was a real challenge. Yeah. <laughs> that is a practice, yeah. Mm, absolutely. I think sometimes it can work for a while and then it might just not be, you know, I'm getting a bit bored of this and it's just important to find those other ways. Because you interesting you say music because um, when I do a teacher training, I always talk about finding those things that work for you. And, for example, there is um, science does tell us that music, physical activity, laughter, and like connection, like those relationships, that does improve our mood. Um, yeah. And it's, it's finding out what works for you because what works for me, what works for you, Ben, what works for somebody else might not work for that other person. So it's it's really important to experiment and find those things. And for a while, one thing might work, but then well, you might get a bit bored of that. It's important to find yeah. something else. And it's really important to show students as well different ways they can practice. Um, for, so gratitude, look, take gratitude, for example. Yes, we can keep a journal. And I think it's a really good strategy to start, but it can get a bit boring. And there's so many different other ways we can practice, like through different games, um, different activities. And it's yeah. it's just important to keep it, the variety happening, but giving options to people to, to yeah. practice because we're all individual, we're all different. So but at the same time, it's important to find what works for you because at the end of the day, the only person who can improve our mood if we are having a bad day is ourselves. Um, yeah. and that's where the ownership part comes in. And well-being is such an important aspect as well. That's you know that's something that has been you know really impacted in the last couple of years. And, yeah. and knowing, I guess, knowing 
what is going to support staff with their well-being and, and you know is it time is it you know giving them support in some way or building some capacities that's you know really important aspect to, to really think about that so mm, yeah absolutely yeah, there's, there's lots there to you know sort of build on and, and understand further definitely mate and mate um just for the people of it this is just purely audio but it's quite amusing that we're um we came to actually saints today to uh, have a chat but also record this interview and we're not actually in the same room because we couldn't work out how to use a microphone in the same room so we're actually in separate rooms but uh <laughs> we were actually very close so it's uh it's been a, a great chat i'm actually sitting in your office at the moment i can see you've got a few well-being things set up you've got some beautiful plants sitting by the window you've got um beautiful office actually if um, if you ever get if you're ever in adelaide or in adelaide and you know how be- what a beautiful place actually saint peter's um school is the grounds are absolutely amazing so it must be a really nice thing to be able to come here each day as well it is i'm very fortunate and you know and work with you know outstanding you know students staff parents it's a, a great community uh but yeah like you say ash if there are people wanting to come in and, and talk and and share like that's i think the the next step across a lot of the well-being um, you know, sort of sphere is to is to really be sharing that practice in a, mm. a really open way to to look at what is working well and what has been the challenges. Like this, you know, all the sort of questions that we've we've had today. It's it's like, well, you know, if we can can bottle it all up and then just share it across the industry, I think mm. um, you know, staff, students, um, you know, families will be you know impacted in a really positive way by the wellbeing programs that. Um, you know, are in place, and and certainly, you know, it's, it's uh, with organisations like your growing with gratitude that that we can really, you know, put that discussion at the forefront. So, um, always happy to um, share and and have people come and visit and and open up the school to uh, really, you know, say let's let's talk and and learn from each other. Mm, brilliant, man. And, um, in the show notes, I'll uh, put your details in maybe email um if yeah, people yeah. want to contact ben i'm sure um as he said he'll be happy to hear from people mate um really appreciate the time today um thank you for having a chat and i know that i'm sure that listeners will be able to take lots away i have so i know that i have certainly so really appreciate it mate and um thanks for joining us today no, thanks ash cheers thanks mate